Taken away by Wicks. Let's see! Oh, it's glorious! Sensational hit! Sensational climax to a sensational game! And West Ham will take a point away with them! That's just crazy! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Premier League Across the Podcast. I'm your host, Fu, and as always, I'm joined with... How's it going, everybody? It's Zeke. What we're going to do is just jump straight into it. First game of the weekend was Everton v Liverpool, the Merseyside derby. That finished 2-2. A lot of controversial calls there, Zeke, in that game. Yeah, as, as much as I like to see Liverpool drop points and it's funny for me um I really felt for you guys this game like I I Mm. really thought that you guys got shafted uh by the refereeing pretty much from start to finish of the game yeah mate um obviously too many talking points from it that have been covered all over social media so we won't get too much into but obviously the main thing coming from that in my opinion the Van Dyke injury out now for the rest of the season which like it's hurting me to say it mate I'm trying not to cry here uh, absolute giant in our defence and the fact that Pickford like I think what, what bothers me the most about it is um, all we got from that was an offside call mate whereas Pickford didn't get a red didn't get anything and loads of people saying oh it's because the whistle blew but it's not that at all. It was violent conduct. But somehow David Coote in the VAR room didn't deem that as violent conduct. He he just thought, nah, that was a fine challenge. Like, how stupid is that? <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, I remember like just watching it in real time as it was happening. I was like, oh, that's a red. Like, immediately. My first reaction was like, oh, that's a red. Like, mm. he's off. And then the thing yeah, is... Yeah, mate, like... <laughs> go on. It was like, you know, when you, when you like see a challenge and your body part hurts, like yeah. when his leg bent, yeah, my knee was like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did my MCL in that in my right leg. So like, yeah, I like feel it all over again almost. Oh, not nice at all, mate. Um, but also like the offsides itself was dodgy too. <laughs> like, yeah, like, oh, like that. Both that's of them just were. another thing, mate, like that pissed me off, especially the last one. Like. First of all, that no-look pass from Thiago was immense, mate. That was yeah. so nice. Yeah, yeah. And the whole goal, like, the goal as a whole was just such a nice goal. That was not offside, mate. I'm sorry. That was just not offside. Like, the Gary Lineker said it. The whole, if they're in line, the um, the attacker gets the benefit of the doubt. That's just gone now, completely. Like, yeah, they were in line. If anything, Mane was actually properly properly on side but no nah, mate that just like just talk about it, pissed me off i feel like we deserve to win that game not just because of the offside goal that was disallowed and pickford should have got a red but i just feel like we did play better than them overall yeah i agree i mean everson definitely looked truly more competitive than they have in a long long time in this fixture but yeah overall i thought you guys were more dangerous um had better chances you know more of the ball or more dangerous opportunities I, again I do think you got screwed over I think you know both the offsides calls I think were terrible especially the Mane one Pickford should have been off in the first I mean what that was like 
two, three minutes into the game, right? Like it was at least like the first five or six. So yeah, mate, it was it was about like the sixth, seventh minute. Okay, mark, yeah. Mate. So it was super ridiculous. early. So you you should have been playing against ten men for basically a full ninety. Um, yeah, I, it was. I Everton definitely got lucky to come away with a point. Hundred percent, mate. I mean. Other than the offsides and Van Dyke been out for the rest of the season, which is obviously shit, but it's um, it's been covered enough on social media. There's not really much else that can be said about it, other than you know, hopefully, re- hopefully recovers quicker than expected. Um, but I mean, Mane scored an okay goal. Um, Sala's goal very similar to his um, to his one against Villa. Nice little volley. Um, and Dominic Calvert Lewin. Has to be mentioned, mate. Lovely leap from him. I said it in um, one of the previous podcasts. When he gets up in the air, it looks like he's like six ten, mate. Seven foot. It's a joke. Yeah, I think he's now the highest scoring player in all of Europe's top five leagues, if I'm correct. Or maybe not as of now, like if you include Champions League stuff. But as of the end of the weekend, he, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got um, he's got seven in the Prem. Um, which is obviously mad already for five games, but as well, Mo Salah's got six. So I think, yeah, the Golden Boot race, I can see quite a few people this season getting that 20 goal tally, you know, like quite a lot of people I reckon yeah, are going to get it this season. It's just been such a high scoring Prem this season. Like, we've, the games we're seeing are madness. Like, we're seeing four, five, six, seven goals so much more regularly than we have in the past and it is looking like people are easily on pace to multiple forwards across all of the prem to break 20 and i mean who knows we like the assist numbers are crazy right now too i mean harry kane with seven already is absolutely ridiculous yeah, at this point in it the season, is, so like you were saying about the Games having six or so goals, mate. That segues us nicely onto the next one. Chelsea three, Southampton three. We'd love to see Chelsea drop points. What can I say? Especially uh, just Kepa collapsing all over the place. Oh, mate, I know. I, to be fair, I don't actually know why he started. Like, why did he not back that Mendy guy to start? I don't know, but they've registered Petr Cech in their Champions League squad, so... I mean, yeah, like, that, that he's weird, apparently that one, been yeah. in training and has been, like, really impressing everybody. So, Petr Cech is the best keeper at the club right now. Yeah, well, he was a little tank, one. not he? I, I did see that it was because, um, obviously, COVID. Like, they're worried that maybe they'll catch it, mate. But uh, I'd probably play Cech over Kepa, mate. Kepa's dog shit, isn't he? And he proved that again. But other than that, though, the goalkeeper, Werner finally got played in position as a striker. Bagged a oh, brace and a hat so trick. Good. He did, yeah. He looked sick. See, it's like the first goal, mate. That that dummy where he let it run was so yeah. sick to then go get on the end of it, mate. And then it looked like he ruined it for himself, didn't it? Because he just fucking kept taking so long to shoot, and it gave everyone time to get back. But then he still managed to like squeeze it in. Yeah, I mean, Werner does that. Like, I feel like I remember him doing that in the Bundesliga and watching him in Champions League. Like, he does do those runs just straight across the edge of the box until, you know, he just finds that pocket of space to get the shot off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the dummy was, was so sick. Like, that was – I mean, he was just immense. Like, I, I texted some of my friends who are Chelsea fans, and I was like, holy shit, like, Werner is – he's coming good. 
I knew he would. I never had any doubts about Werner. Yeah, it's like the same for me, mate. I I was saying in the other podcast, wasn't I? Like, he needs to just play Werner in striker. He kept playing him out on the left because he was holding on to this Havertz Abraham link just because they did well against like Lincoln or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> put he, so he decided put Werner up top, mate. Gets two goals and uh, obviously the assist for Havertz, yeah. which was a nice one. Um, but as well, even his second goal, mate, he dinked it over the keeper. Oh, his second goal in, was gorgeous. So we fucking he looked good, mate. And then obviously they're not the only team that got three. Southampton, Danny Ings on the score sheet again. Yeah, Danny Ings, uh is just a bagsman, just an absolute bagsman. He is, he's sick, man. Four goals this season. Um then obviously Che Adams goal, that was from the Kepper Blender, but that... he took it well, didn't he? Rifled it in the Yeah, just rifled it in the roof and that. Yeah. I love really that. I mean the 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 whole air. Let's talk about the air. Who do you think it's more on, Zuma or Kepa? I'm saying Kepa, mate, because he rushed out to it and he didn't like. It, it was as if you know when obviously they went past him and they were faffing around shooting. He didn't get back asap. Like I think what he thought was because he's past him now. All right, he scored. Whereas if he just ran back straight away after him going past him, he could have recovered it potentially. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right about that on the recovery. I think that's a good point. But also, I just think, like, as shit as Zuma's pass is, and it's shit, like, don't get me Mm. wrong, Zuma's very much at fault here. Kepa just, like, freezes as he starts running out after that ball. Like, he just doesn't commit to it at all, and he definitely could have gotten there. Um, Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think, like, and then, I mean, if we want to talk about Southampton's third goal, I think, uh, Definitely, Kepa can be at fault for that one as well. Yeah, I mean, just all around, Kepa shit. Yeah, Kepa shit, yeah, yeah, moral of the podcast, Kepa shit. Exactly, mate. But yeah, I mean, good result for Southampton, 3-3. I don't know, what what exactly happened? Did it bounce off Estegard? Did it come off his head? Did he head it? Yeah. I think it... There, it technically came off of his head, but it's just like the tiniest little glance. Like, Theo just bounce like just puts it in desperate attempt and that just like takes the tiniest little glance but like Kepa at no point is even going towards the direction that the ball is traveling so uh, yeah he just sticks and sticks his feet where he's at I don't know it was just it was a weird goal it was a bizarre goal but yeah I think it uh, came off his head interesting that though Chelsea have another 3-3 draw Um, obviously drew 3-3 against West Brom after being 3-0 down but I don't know, they, they, they do need to sort of defence. Last week I was saying how good their defence looked against Palace with that 4-0 victory and whatnot. But then obviously leaking three goals again, mate. I don't know, they, they're, not, they're not in trouble yet. They've got eight points for five games, so that's two wins, two draws and a loss. But they need to start um, need to start looking after when they've got the lead, don't they? Like They shouldn't have let that lead go against Southampton. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just goes back to like they're still just super, super leaky in the back. Like, Zuma's not good. You know, Kepa's obviously a disaster. I don't really think that they have any phenomenal center backs. Like, Christensen's not that good. Tiago, we'll see. He's been hurt, right? Isn't that he got a little niggle or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. They're just super leaky at the back. And, I mean, they can attack with anybody. Um, I mean, Pulisic, I think he was 
overall really good in this game. I mean, he I think his part in the third goal is the most important piece of that yeah. whole build up. I mean, makes a great little pass to Werner. Um, and then the rest is easy from there. So, I mean, they can attack with anybody, but they just cannot <laughs> defend for shit, like, at all. Exactly, yeah. It's like what you were saying, mate. They've um, In the transfer episode, they've signed so many, like, attackers, but you, and to be fair, I agree with you, that wasn't really their issue, was it? It's like they do need to sort yeah. out the back line, but don't know, mate. We'll see how they go for the rest of the season then. And then third game uh, of the Saturday was obviously your team, man. Yeah, so Man City won, Arsenal nil. I'll let, I want you to start off with your thoughts on this game, especially because if I just start off, then this will turn into a whole segment about Arsenal. Um, <laughs> so I'll just let get your thoughts, and then I'll bounce off of that. Well, first of all, mate, what shocked me the most was Aguero in the lineup because yeah. that came out of absolutely nowhere. No way was it announced that Aguero was fit back in training. Um, well, everyone was I had heard for like the past... Ages. I had heard like for the couple of days building up to the game that he might be in the in the lineup. Really? See, yeah. I saw nothing about me, and I was talking to my mates about it as well, and like they were just as shocked as I was that he was starting. Um, no, obviously I... it was Sterling that got the goal, but I don't know, man. Yeah, no, I had heard at least like two or three days beforehand that he was a possibility. Hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah. To be fair, he didn't look as sharp. Sterling obviously getting their goal for them. Um, he looks like he could be the one that's going to carry the team this season potentially. Um, overall, though, for me, mate, like it was quite a boring game. Like none of you really seemed to like have that many chances that were like what what's like clear cut chances kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, overall, like obviously the one goal in the first half, but. I don't know, mate. I thought it was a bit dead, to be fair. What What were your thoughts on it? Obviously, you're the Arsenal fan. You would have analysed it a lot more, but... Yeah, so, like, it was it was a pretty dead game. I mean, the first 15 to 20 minutes was... We really just kind of absorbed. We didn't have much of the ball. And then there was that, that period in the second half where it was, like, probably basically the first 30, 35 minutes of the second half that were just absolutely dreadfully boring. Like, just passing through the midfield, both teams just retaining possession, not actually doing anything with the ball. Um, I don't know. I mean, that we had a couple of periods where we looked good. We looked really good at the end of the first half, and that is 90% down to Bukayo Saka, who I thought was on the day maybe the best player on the, on the whole pitch. Certainly the best Arsenal player, but he was arguably the best player on the, on the entire pitch. Yeah, I'd agree with you there, mate. Um, one thing that surprised me, though, from Arsenal was I was expecting more from Aubameyang, mate. Like, obviously, he started in that striker role, um, which well, we he didn't much really, for Arsenal, though. But... He didn't really. Oh, did he He's... not, really? No. So, like, this was another... This is where a lot of criticism has been lobbied at Arteta after this game. Some of it fair, some of it, I think, a bit silly. But Willian started as, like, the false nine. And Oba still started on the left. He did move inside quite a bit because we did push Saka up. Yeah. Um, but he's still like starting from that left hand, like inside left hand position. Oh, see, from where? Because when I was watching it, I saw like Oba mainly down the middle and Saka out on the left, like you said. So I thought that maybe it was like so- Saka 
Aubameyang and Pepe because Pe- Pepe and William both started, didn't they? Uh, yeah, Pepe and William both started. And so kind of what it ended up being, though, and like this was the problem, and I think some of this is on William for not doing the role correctly, but also like it's, you know, this isn't really the way he is used to playing. So you have to give some criticism to Arteta where there were two very clear opportunities where William was the player that like had the run in behind. And in at least one of them, Oba was the player that had to make the pass. And I think in the second one, I don't remember if it was Oba or somebody else that was on the other end of the pass, but it's like, you want Oba making that run. And like Williams, yeah. Williams not making the run like sharply and the pass isn't getting to him sharply either. Like neither piece are kick- clicking because we just have the roles reversed. Like we need Oba mm-hmm. making the run and William making the pass. And it's just incredibly frustrating to see like we're building up to points where we can make a dangerous pass or do something to to really drive at the opposition but then it just breaks down right before it even comes off and it's just really frustrating yeah i feel that so overall then what what your thoughts on the game not not really too much it was quite boring yeah i mean i'm not too fussed about it one nil to city at the etihad is way better than we've done in the past i think arteta made some mistakes but i think part of that comes down to like playing against Pep and maybe having too much respect for Pep or um, you know just being maybe a little bit too satisfied with just losing 1-0 rather than 2-0 or 3-0 but I mean overall yeah. like I don't know it's I don't have a ton of takeaways some of Arsenal Twitter is like melting down after this game and I think that's a little bit like I think maybe some Arsenal fans have the results got so good for a little while that now our expectations got too high and they need to realize like mm. where we're still actually at in the process, and we're still really, really early on. Um, so yeah, uh, to be fair, from that game, mate, if I was, I wouldn't be too worried as an Arsenal fan because yeah, it was a bad performance, it was away from home, whatever. I'd be more worried than a City fan, mate, because obviously they did get the win, but they're still just not looking the same ruthless City at all, are they? No, and obviously De Bruyne was missing from that game. Um, so I don't know. Is he playing in the Champions League for them? I'm not too sure, but yeah, like I don't know, mate. I've, if I was a City fan now, I'd be thinking like, we're not looking like the team that everybody knows us to be. No, they're definitely not. Like there definitely seems to be some drop off there, and I think that is where a lot of the frustration from the Arsenal fans is coming from. Is like City seem like a team that can be gone after right now and I agree I do think that they're a team that can be gone after and I wish we had tried a little bit harder to go at them um yeah but it does seem like yeah I mean City have obviously been struggling with injuries really really bad and their defense is still pretty shoddy and they're trying to work these new pieces in there and how good are even you know even are these new pieces that they've bought um but yeah because Laporte's injured again isn't he yeah, yeah, I don't. He, I believe he is out. I don't know how long for, but yeah, I mean yeah, they've just been struggling. I'm not sure how like hell. long he's out either, but yeah. So th- I don't know, man. We'll see. Yeah, so they've been struggling for injuries like hell. I do think part of it was them also like once they got one nil up, they didn't kind of step on our throat like they try to do with most teams. And I think part of that was them mm-hmm. knowing how leaky they are at the back, and that even if we look dead at times. 
when you have Willian, Oba, Pepe, Saka, Tierney, and those guys, we can still break on a team very fast. Um, so I think they were trying to play it a little bit safe and just come out with three points, especially with you know the injuries that they have going on right now. I think they're playing a little bit more for results than than their overall like philosophy. Yeah, I agree, mate. Um, on to the final game then of Saturday. Uh, another team from Manchester playing. Uh, Newcastle won. Man United four. That was a actually pretty decent game to be fair. Like yeah, it's a bar- it's barely a four one game because like it was one one <clears> for <throat> about an like an hour and a half almost. So mm, that's what I mean. And like the first half especially. Newcastle were well in it. It was a very like well matched thing, uh, well matched game. Like Maximum had a well nice little bit of play where he put Wilson. In. It was a great save from De Gea. Yeah. Obviously they took the lead through a Luke Shaw own goal. Um, don't get why Tellez wasn't playing. To be fair, I don't know why he's not started for them. Um, Maguire obviously bounced back with the header, um, offside goal for Fernandez. So throughout that was a um, pretty decent too. first half. Yeah, for me though the miss penalty, I think they deserve to miss because in like that was not a penalty in my Well, opinion. yeah, I mean that's I the story of Man United, but... dude. Like that's yeah, it's dude, I saw a stat <clears throat> earlier today from Orbino on Twitter. And hold on, I'm going to pull it up because it's actually mad. So since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over, Man United have won 36 penalties in all competitions. Arsenal have won nine in the same period. And the or the ranking goes 36 for United, 24 for Man City, 21 for Chelsea, 15 for both Liverpool and Leicester, 14 for Spurs, and then, yeah, nine for Arsenal. That that math isn't mathing to me. That's mad. So what, what was second again? 36? And then 24 right? was City. So twelve more than second place, mate. That's mad. To be like, how often though? When you think about United playing, they always seem to get a penalty. Like every even game. in the Champions League, mate. Yeah. They got a pen. Yeah, you every mean? game. They missed it again. It got retaken, obviously, and then he did score. But like, oh, it's a joke, man. Penalties are. I'm, I was surprised though that he's missing. You know, like he's not really one to miss, is he? No, he's not. But I mean, eventually, if you, I mean. If you take a hundred, you're gonna miss one, you know. So mm. eventually, he was due to miss one. But like, all, penalties are saving all like under Solskjaer's job. They have been for a year. <laughs> yeah, they do. They are fucking. Uh, they, the fact that United fans have the cheek to say Liverpool, mate, when they get so many decisions through VAR, is ridiculous. Like that penalty just shows it, mate. That was not a pen. But then last ten minutes, United just looked like freaks mate, didn't on. they they played so well like Bruno Fernandes goal was nice that goal was unbelievable uh, Wan rocket like yeah great like, strike it was, I don't know Rashford though just played so good Rashford got the last two assists and, the and last then goal. Um, got a little finish for himself and yeah. then obviously he bloody won it for them in Paris so Rashford's looking decent man no I mean I've listen I rate Rashford like I <clears throat> I think he's a hell of a player and I, I really honestly I like everything about Rashford except for the badge on his chest um, yeah so I mean yeah good for him he definitely looks really good that that those that flurry of goals just came so late like 
it is one of those where you look at the scoreline and you're like, holy shit, like Man United battered Newcastle. And you're like, really, no, they didn't. They just eventually after Newcastle just kind of like broke down after, you know, almost the end of the full game and just got tired and then just got ran all over. Because um, United are young and fast, so they can definitely run into you at the end of a game. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I do think that 4-1 was mad that they got the three goals there but other than the first half mate where Newcastle very much in it I did think United did definitely deserve the win like they had yeah they so deserve I'm the win I'm looking at the stats sure. here mate they had uh, 14 shots on target um, to Newcastle's four and they had 64% of the possession so they were like very dominant kind of thing but I do agree with you like if you were watching that game in the 85th minute and then you went off it, mate, and 10 minutes later you saw it was 4-1. You'd be like, what has just happened? Yeah. No, I mean, United definitely deserved the win, and they were the better side in the second half. But even so, I mean, Newcastle were right in it basically the entire time, and it's just mental that United could put on three and then, you know, 10 minutes. Yeah, and they were they were nice goals as well. All of them were nice, so yeah. Pains me to say it, but fucking well done to United, I guess. Um on to Sunday then, mate. Another United playing. Sheffield United won. Fulham won. Worrying, worrying signs, mate. We spoke about it. They needed to beat Fulham. We just need to talk about the howler of a game that Mitrovic had, though. Yeah, like that missed penalty. Missed penalty, like... gave away the penalty, and missed yeah. the sitter at the end to win the game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, he's, he's <laughs> just didn't have the bottle that day, did he at all? Just awful. And the thing was, mate, the penalty he gave away was so ridiculous. Oh, like, yeah, what's he doing he, there? Booting him in the leg when the ball was going flying in the air anyway. If he didn't touch his leg, the same result's going to happen. Exactly. He's still booting it up in the air anyway. He just decides just to kick him straight in the middle of his calf, yeah. It's... And then when you watch the penalty, like you can see as he's about to take it, he's like, oh, shit, do you know what I mean? It's like he panics and he's like, oh, no. Bottles it, mate. Hits the top of the crossbar. And I don't know, man. But Fulham should have won. Like, that Luckman goal was well nice, to be fair, wasn't it? He absolutely Yeah, a little bit of luck, but it was super, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Sheffield had a ton of chances, too. They just kept putting shit straight at the keeper or putting it wide. Like, Mm. I felt like they had a bunch of chances, at least in, like, the first half they did. Yeah, I'd, from from what I saw, though, I feel like they were very lucky to come away with a point there. Um, obviously, penalty in the 85th minute. Uh, great pen, to be fair, mate. He blitzed it. But Sheffield needs to be beating Fulham. Like, the fact that oh, they yeah. didn't is a joke. She- Sheffield, mate, in five games, have scored two goals. That is ridiculous. Obviously, that insane one against you and then a penalty. That's all they've got. Fulham move conceded 12 this season. Sheffield could only manage to get a penalty against them. That was it. That's all they could put in. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. They've. I, I'm saying we literally did our predictions last week. Oh, everything's different um, now. Yeah, everything's different. <laughs> yeah, mate. Aston Villa to win the title. <laughs> <laughs> Aston Villa to win the title. Yeah, for sure. Like, Everton I don't second. know. Sheffield, mate. If if I was them, I'd be I'd be worrying now. One point from bloody five games, because comparing to how they were last year, ridiculous. 
No, yeah, I mean they're they're on the very edge of. I mean their season's like almost over basically at this point. Like they they need to, they need to find something to click and and fast. I mean McBurney and McOldrick are not getting it getting it done. I mean McBurney put every single thing that came his way just straight at the keeper. Um, mm, I'm mate. Listen to this now for Sheffield. Next game now for them a, is Liverpool. Yep. Then City. Then Chelsea. Then West Ham on their current form. Jeez, after them four games, mate, they could basically be relegated already. Only That's what we were saying. Like, when we were saying that they needed to be full on, part of the reason was because they were going into a hellacious slate of yeah. games. And, like, West Ham are looking even better now than they were when we first talked about this. I know, mate. Honestly, we can uh, we can get onto West Ham soon because they're looking fucking unbelievable. But for now... Um, We'll end it with saying, I think, Fulham going down still, and now it looks like Sheffield are. So. Yeah, this was just a battle of two teams that we're going to see in the championship next year. Yeah, definitely, mate. And then um, over to Palace and Brighton, then 1-1 in that game. Um, Zaha penalty. Um, I, I, honestly, I don't really think there was too much to talk about from that. Obviously, you, uh, you're the one that mentioned the Batshuayi goal. Yeah, no, I mean, there wasn't a lot in it, really. I mean, the, the game was... It was a pretty interesting game. It was fairly open. Batshuayi's disallowed goal was just fired into the net from a wide angle, like, just roofs it. I love a, I love a good roofed goal. Um, but that mm. was disallowed. I mean, yeah, not, not much in this game. I mean, it got a little spicy at a couple points um you know a lot of these players definitely were talking some shit but yeah um yeah i don't have a lot i mean one thing i will just say is Tariq lamptey still for brighton is such a joy to watch he's so fun he is mate he's definitely one to keep an eye on for all this season and for the future if he keeps performing the way he is definitely some uh top six teams and maybe even teams from other countries will be in for him, I reckon, because he's looking like a talent. Um, obviously, McAllister getting the late goal. Yeah, uh, that Lewis guy being Argentinian Nate. really threw me off. I do want to say that. Like, he, you look at him, you what, see yeah, what he looks name, like. like yeah, you see what he looks like, and you see that he's got a name like McAllister, and then it's like, the Argentinian, and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, it just, I was it's not expecting that. But, Oh man, as well, Lewis Dunk. What is he doing there, getting that red? That was literally so unnecessary. He's yeah. their captain. He's one of the reasons they are quite decent, mate, because he's just such a rock in defence. And then he goes and does that. So he, because it's a straight red, he's going to be out for three games now. That could screw yeah. Brighton. No, that was really just silly. Like, I, it's one of those where you you watch him going in for it, and you're like, "What do you like? You've, have you lost your head? Like, what are you doing?" two-footed mate like that late on as well like what yeah. is the need mate idiot um but interestingly yeah i've just had a look um brighton had 20 goal attempts Jesus. You know how many palace had how many one what <laughs> holy shit how bad is that man jeez they oh, had one man. shot on target that's it brighton had 20 shots um, only three on target to be fair so not very well on them eight of them were blocked and nine off goal that is absolute FIFA stats that 
That's insane. 20 goal attempts to one. Jeez, and it was a 1-1 game. That's crazy. That's... <laughs> yeah, Brighton won't be having that. They'll be they'll be pretty upset about that. Yeah, but um, I, I don't know. Me and you, though, we were talking about Brighton in like maybe the first or second episode saying how they're playing really well and whatnot and results will start coming. They've uh, played five games now, mate, and only got four points. Do you reckon they could be a team then that's uh, around that relegation zone? Because obviously they they have been playing some decent football, but maybe the results aren't coming just yet. And should that start to be a worry, do you think? Yeah, I mean, they will be around that relegation zone, I think. Like, even for as well as they're playing, I think some of that is based on... um... I mean, a, just the fact that it's a fun, entertaining style of play, but also just it's better than anything we expected. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they'll still be in that kind of like 13 to 17 range, I'd say, um, and they're where they finish. I don't know that they would need to worry yet. They haven't had the easiest schedule thus far, and I do still think, you know, they're just playing. That's very true, yeah. They're playing pretty good stuff, so, and, you know, they definitely outplayed Crystal Palace, and Crystal Palace aren't a bad side right now. So, getting a draw there isn't isn't awful, especially when you can come away saying, "Well, listen, we had twenty fucking shots and uh, to their one." So that you know, I don't think that there's necessarily yeah. a lot of cause for concern yet. What do you think? Well, I like I agree with you in terms of the um, games they have had, like Everton, United, and Chelsea. Like, not the easiest first like five games a season um looking at their next game then West Brom I feel like with the performances they're putting in they need to uh I think they definitely need the three points against West Brom to kind of just relax the camp a little bit do you know what I mean yeah they then should... after that they have got uh Tottenham so yeah they should be beating West Brom um and I do think that would I think really like if you look at their schedule and they're talking about it pre-season I think they'd be more or less buzzing to have four points so far um, based on their opening schedule. But yeah, West Brom, they should get three. And I think if they can, you know, have seven points after that going into the Tottenham game, I think they'll feel fairly comfortable with where they're at. Yeah, I agree, mate. Let's uh, let's see what happens then on the next weekend, come and see how they perform. Um, speaking of Tottenham. Oh, yeah, the maddest game of the weekend, man. 3-3. Three, three. So, do I like... I didn't actually see this happen in real time because if I see Tottenham up three goals after less than 20 minutes, I'm just not going to be watching the rest of that game. Like, there's no, there's nothing in it for me, typically. Um, but, man, what a fucking collapse. After Gareth Bale subs on, nonetheless. Yeah, should we should we first quickly talk about the first yeah, half then? Yeah, let's recap it. Three goals. So, Harry Kane... Um, like you said earlier, mate, seven assists already. He has got five goals as well. He bagged two. Um, Son getting a goal and Son getting an assist as well. We were talking about the Kane goal. That was absolute filth, mate. The, uh, the yeah, nutmeg on Declan Rice. And then just to put it home, mate, um, it looked from that point on that it was going to be Tottenham getting another six goals, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it looked like they were about to just lay it on. like And... At that point, also, everybody had kind of heard about Verge being out for more or less the rest of the season. So all the Tottenham fans started getting really, really comfortable and really, really cocky and saying, like, oh, maybe it's our time, maybe, you know. And so, uh, 
I like that they've been reminded of who the fuck they are. Yeah, definitely, man. And then going then onto the second half, Gareth Bale comes on. Um, and to be fair, Gareth Bale had a very good opportunity very to just completely put the game to bed. I think was it at th- was it three two at that point when he missed? Yeah, that it was three two. Yeah, so he could have then just been like, nah, sack this comeback off, mate. It's not happening. But obviously, second half, they they make the maddest comeback, mate. They're the first team in Premier League history to be 3 0 down in the 81st minute and not lose the game. <sighs> That's insane. Oh, man. So, I mean, we should talk about the goals then. So, the first one that uh, Balbuena, just a pretty domestic header, you know, from a defender. Yeah. It's just all right. Gets his head on it close to goal. Now that, you know, take away the clean sheet, you know, right off the game, 3-1. Like, that's kind of that's kind of the reaction at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And then, Davidson Sanchez with the terrible, terrible error for the own goal, which is just... Yeah, that was poor, that <laughs> mate. Just hilarious. I actually like Davidson Sanchez all right. Like, he's not a player that I, like, despise um, for them. But he still <laughs> wears that kit, so it's funny to watch him fuck up. Um, yeah, that then, that was a surprise to be fair. Yeah, but then mate, Lanzini. Man, imagine yeah, like I'm not a West Ham fan, and I went nuts, mate. Imagine yeah. you were a West Ham fan, that would have been insane. Like not just because oh my god you've come back from three 0 down, but what a fucking goal, <laughs> mate. That was insane, dude. It's actually the one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen in my life like I wish so badly that I had been watching the game play out live but I had to witness it late but I oh my god what a yeah, fucking mate, I, goal I was watching it and when he hit it I was like no oh my and like oh honestly the way it just fucking rifled off the bar did it hit the bar and post I can't remember I just remember it was so top corner it was ridiculous and it always gets me hyped as well when the player just goes mad celebrating. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. He's like, what the... F-? He just sprints around like, what have I just done? Because he knows he's done a madness, mate. Like, if you're Tottenham, you're crying. If you're a West Ham fan... You're oh, one of the insane. best scenes... One of the best scenes was... Um, I can't remember which Tottenham player it was. I th- want to say it was Doherty, but I might be wrong. Or no, um, I think it was Reguillon. Just as the ball goes in, you just see him collapse in the in the D on the edge of the box onto his knees and onto yeah. his face. And oh, I could drink the sadness, dude. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, unbelievable. One of my favorite things seeing was like the videos of West Ham supporters clubs and stuff of watching that live. Because yeah, it just like you said, imagine being a West Ham fan and just like watching that happen like that's unbelievable it was man and like all over twitter like i follow a few west ham fans um like spencer fc i don't know if you know him and a guy called bazinga and um they were both saying like what a mad feeling it was um west ham and tottenham have had some mad games in the last few years because they had that one which was i think it was one where matt suwaku does like the maddest one of the maddest dribbles i've ever seen and, oh yeah, where he looks like a fucking five star skiller. Yeah, and Son has a a corker from outside the box, and um, Mikel Antonio also has that absolute screamer. 
But that, like, yeah, West Ham and Tottenham mm. games, honestly, you just don't turn your TV off until the game's been called because they can be fun. Yeah, you should have watched the whole thing. Yeah, I know. I'm pissed. <laughs> but, yeah, honestly, mad. Um, Harry Kane, though, like, has to be said, what an absolute unit he is, mate. Five goals, seven assists, like, un- unbelievable, isn't he? I feel can't. kind of bad for him because he's so good. I can't stomach, like, what stats he will put up if he remains healthy the rest of the season, which he never does. So, I mean, the odds are in my favor that he's going to go down for at least, like, two months at some point this season. But at the rate that he's playing and that he's racking up these stats, good fucking lord. Five five games and he's got 12 goal contributions already. (laughs) That's nuts. Like if he if he does keep up like even sixty percent of that pace, it's gonna be mad. Yeah, I mean, and Wingman's son is just gonna be licking his chops every single time he sees Harry Kane touch the ball because he just runs in behind and Harry Kane just fucking puts his foot through it and hopes that Son gets on the end of it. In it, mate, and. Son has to be mentioned as well. He's got seven goals this season in the league, same as Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, he's flying. I mean, he's been, like I said, it just Kane, most of Kane's assists are just Son, and most of Son's goals are from Kane assists. Like, they've just been going crazy together this, this season. Yeah, insane duo. And then, obviously, when Harry Kane joined the mix, you just you just thought he was going to put it away because I think it was Ogbonna, mate, that he just done, like, this little, like, Two tap round him, mate. Did like a nice little bit of skill. Yeah, no, that and little dribble like, oh, move looked goes, so mate. easy for him, but it was so nice. Yeah, he uh, he put he put Ogbonna on his ass, didn't he? And then you're like, oh, here we go, mate. Bale's putting it away, and then he missed, and he I was just like, hoofs oh it. my god. Yeah, no. I mean, the lad would have been seeing the headlines as that was going in the back of the net. Like he, it would have been just this like poetic return, and instead, yeah. Lanzini like did you see did you see that guy who just looks like a proper moron now who tweeted uh, West Ham bring on Lanzini we bring on Gareth Bale or whatever and it was like levels and had all these laughing emojis <laughs> and, and everybody's just been taking the piss out of him since like a bunch of the West Ham players even like quote tweeted it and was like this one this one didn't work out for you lad didn't it yeah there was a video clip as well and it was like when Tottenham were like 3-0 up He's like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Like, we're going to, whatever. I can't remember exactly what he said. And then it just shows you him when it's 3-3, mate. And he looks like he's, like, going to cry. Oh, it's so funny. He's just like, I can't believe this and all that. And it's just like, I love Oh, I've seen that one. It's so funny, dude. Oh, yeah, no, I, listen, we may have lost and they may have actually gotten a point this week, but I'm still just taking all of the satisfaction I can. Like, just... I drink it all in. I watch every single video of a Tottenham fan crying that I can find. <laughs> Mate, I need to do the same, to be fair, after what happened with Van Dyke, I need to just get my sorrows out. Um, should we move on then, as Liverpool have lost Van Dyke and might not win the league now? Should we move on to somebody who might? Might. Villa? They might. They will. What do you mean? I've, put, I've bet the barn on it. 1-0 against Leicester. Oh. oh, my. Ross fucking Barkley. What did I tell you? 
yeah, you said that Villa is a team where he'll be looking like a hell of a player, and you're not wrong, mate. It was a decent goal from him, wasn't it? To say that was anything. a fucking insane goal. I mean, the the dummy by uh, who was it that that laid the pass off to him? Um, I can't remember uh, off the top. Of John my head. McGinn. Yeah, the dummy was insane. Like that was phenomenal. So he needs to give his credit, but then. Yeah, Ross Barkley just gets it, has some space to run, takes a couple touches, and just cranks it into the bottom corner. Oh, I don't know, mate. I honestly, I couldn't believe it. You know, like I thought it was just going to be a nil-nil, and then that happens. And um, Leicester, mate. Like there, there's a reason they're not in my top eight. The little bottlers. Overall, though, it was it was a very very close game. Like it was fifty-fifty possession, eleven goal attempts for Leicester, ten for Villa. Like it could have. Any of them could have nicked it, like, but I'm happy it was Villa that did it, even though they battered us 7-2. What a story so far, mate. Four wins from four for the team that barely scraped survival last year. Yeah, no, it's been insane. And honestly, as if they keep winning, that just makes 7-2 look less bad all the time. So um might be something that you need to just keep rooting for them. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> one positive is we're the only team that have scored against Villa this season. <laughs> that is kind so of mad, isn't thing, it, like? actually? Yeah, no <laughs> shit. I mean, hey, that's that's my man, Emmy Martinez, just a brick fucking wall and goal. Yeah, he, mate, to be fair to him, he makes some decent saves. Like, he is a good keeper. <laughs> He's so good. I'm actually still, like, so... Like, I listen, I do love Leno. Like, I wanted Leno from Leverkusen before we bought him, so... Like, I love Leno, but I, I genuinely do think that Emmy Martinez is probably just the better keeper. Yeah, I to be fair, mate, I agree with you. Um, what do we reckon? Do you reckon Villa are going to keep this up? They're going into their next game then in two days' time. They've got um, they've got Leeds next. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, Leeds will be a good... That'll be a fun game. Like, that, that'll that be just a fun one to I watch. I a few goals in that one, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know. I mean, Villa, they definitely have a chance to fight for European places. I think it'd be a little bit silly to think that they're going to finish top four. But, I mean, a lot of things are wide open. Like, a lot of teams are looking really, really shaky. Um, and games are games are going every which way. Like, things are weird. This is the weirdest, you know, first five weeks of the Prem that I've ever seen. So... I don't know, man. Yeah, it's crazy in so many ways. No fans, all the results going on, some massive players like Van Dyke getting injured, mate, after playing every game for how many seasons? Like, this this year is going to be a mad one, you know? And, like, we said it with our top eight in the last episode. Um, it's going to be so tough to call just almost anything. Like, normally you can always bet on the favourites in your accumulators, can't you, to win. But this year, it is not going to be like that. Like the, the fact that there's no fans just really does make it just 11 v 11, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's actually insane. Like players are getting more confidence when they're going out there away from home and they don't have to face, you know, the that insane atmosphere at Anfield or you know, the pumped in crowd noise that they do at Stamford Bridge or, you know, like, like, yeah, but, uh, 
I don't know, man. It's actually insane. I don't really. It genuinely leaves me at like a loss for words. Uh, this season's completely wide open. Like if, if I would redo my entire top eight right now because it's all like out the window already. Really. Basically, I mean, with Van Dyke going out like that, that's the as big of a shakeup as you could have, as you could have given oh, me. Oh, so quickly then on that. So you don't think Liverpool are going to be champions anymore? I don't know that you can without Van Dyke. I mean. I don't know. Mm. I really don't know. See, I was I was scared and worried. Um, obviously, we're recording this podcast on the night of Liverpool have just played Ajax and won. And to be fair, that back four, mate, Fabinho, Gomez, um, Trent and Robertson, didn't look too bad. The, my, my main criticism of that back four now is Trent's positioning needs to be a lot better considering yeah. the right back. Like, yeah, he gives a lot going forward, but he really needs to start putting everything into getting back like he was in, in my opinion at fault for that um goal that Everton scored obviously Calvert-Lewin great header won't take it away from him but Trent had to track back and stop that cross he literally was jogging that mate if it's two on Merseyside derby you've got to be bursting your gut mate to get back there and stop that cross coming in from Digne and he just isn't at all so that that kind of peed me off and then watching him tonight mate against Ajax he needs to sort it but I think Fabinho is our second best centre back behind Van Dijk. Anyway, I think once Allison's back to command it and be like the captain at the back, I think we'll be sound. You know, genuinely, I feel like Gomez now is going to stop being the like young lad that's under Van Dijk's wing, and he's going to try and step up. Like tonight, he looked good. Adrian had a howler and he yelled at him. So I don't know, man. I feel like we can we can maybe still do it. You know, obviously it's a big thing to lose him, but. I'm not uh I'm not counting his out just yet. No, I mean it's definitely still possible. Like I I was going to say like yeah, you can make it through to January cuz I think that's like 11 more uh match days, I believe. Like you can make it through 11 more games with if you commit to Fab at center back. Um but that does require like you said like Gomez needs to step up. He did look pretty good tonight. He needs to be at least that level pretty much every single week um mm. and then yeah i mean trent just has to be better defensively like he's he's really pretty poor defensively most games and with van dyke out and then yeah allison coming back will be huge so he needs to come back and stay back um but with van dyke out and especially with however many games adrian is gonna have to be goalkeeper like it's it's a little scary, but I do think that how kind of passive City look right now and just how like wide open everything looks, if there is a time for you guys to have to deal with a defensive injury, I mean, right now might be the time to get it back because this might just be like a low point season as far as like the teams at the very top. Like we might not see any teams cross like the mid 80s. Yeah, like that... I, I agree with that. If, if I'd be a lot more worried if our closest rival the past couple of years, City, were looking how they normally look, but because they've not been up to it yet, obviously there is teams like Everton that are decent and stuff now, but have they got it in them to go the whole season? Like, if things like that were still um, a factor, like City being monsters, then I'd be more scared. And obviously, um, we've still got our front three, which I love. If Thiago can stay fit again after that nasty Richarlison tackle, which be fair we didn't even mention mate that was awful yeah that was disgusting rightly so we got a red card 
Um, but I don't know. I feel like it will be will be interesting, mate. But if we can make it, like you say, to January and maybe bring in a centre back, because shock, Matip is injured again after playing ninety minutes for the first time in how long? He gets injured, mate. Like he's yeah. absolutely just a glass bottle, mate. We say it about so many players, but they, so many players are, and it's a shame. Um, anyway, enough about that. Then should we move on to the final match day? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, then West Brom nil and Burnley nil. Um, nil nil game does sound like from the outside maybe it was a bit of a boring one. But yeah, especially fair, when you look mate, at the teams involved, you'd see a nil nil West Brom Burnley and be like, oh fuck's sake, that's the worst game I can imagine. But <laughs> mate, that's so true. Burnley are poor to watch lately. I'm West Brom, aren't they? Then they're three nil, but that's true. Yeah. When I first looked at it, what West Brom nil nil. Um, with Burnley I was like you know what I'm kind of glad I missed that game because I was feeling unwell but then I watched the highlights mate and it was not a boring nil-nil at all was it? No not even a little bit that game was just ping-ponging back and forth some just mental sequences where the ball was just everywhere oh man like it was actually really quite an entertaining 0-0 it was they like both teams had chances to win it. Barnes had a good strike. Um, Johnston made the save. Like mate, the, the the West Brom goalie deserves so much credit. He made some belting saves that game. Like, yeah, right, it? one right at the end. Um, the one with uh, Barnes volleying it. Like he was he was playing sick, man. I think it was yeah. maybe McNeil that had the shot towards the end. I can't quite remember. Um, and he made an insane save. Um, like obviously uh, Dean Garner when he did that little bit of skill put it in and there was about 15 shots in the space of like 3 seconds from West Brom and it was like oh is it going in yeah. no is it going in oh and it just kept pouncing out around that was absolutely mad yeah like that definitely a crazy game I missed this one too so I had to see the highlights but I wish I had watched it because I, I genuinely love a good like entertaining nil nil because like so much has to happen for a nil-nil to be mm. entertaining, that like when you find one, it, it's it's always a gem. Yeah, where anyone could, because like it, the good thing with like a very back and forth nil-nil is at any point someone can just nick it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it very nearly happened when Wood hit the bar as well. But I don't know, man. Um, it was it was quite an entertaining game. Other than that, though, both both of them still very low points. Burnley just won this season. West Brom two. Um, Still no positive signs for them. West Brom's next game, they've got um, Brighton. So, obviously, we were just saying then we think Brighton need to get the win there, and I think they will. Um, Burnley next up, they have got Tottenham. What do you reckon is going to happen for Burnley next game? Um, I mean, they'll probably lose. The smart money is that they'll lose. I... You know, with Tottenham, you never know. They're just so damn Spursy. They could end up losing or drawing this game. But, uh, I mean, basically the West Brom-Burnley game is... Those are the other two teams that are fighting for against Sheffield and Fulham for relegation, like, to, to be safe. Mm-hmm. So, we basically just had two games that are just complete relegation battles this week. Yeah, most definitely, mate. And then... Moving on then, final game of the Premier League action from this past weekend. 
Leeds nil and Wolves one. Don't know about you, I was a bit shocked at that. I'll be, I'll be honest. Yeah, I expected Leeds to win this game, or at least like it to be a draw. And I definitely never expected this game to be a one nil either way. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Like Leeds first game in the season um, for the Prem that they haven't scored. Um, Wolves say scored a fucking cracking volley mate but Podence was offside um, so obviously they could have had two Podence as well looked sick man he played well good he was playing fucking ace um, and then obviously Jimenez he he got credited for the goal but um, I don't know if you would really credit him it was a very obvious own goal in my opinion yeah like because Calvin Phillips took the ball like it went completely the other direction from where Jimenez shot it. Like Jimenez yeah, shoots he it right, and it goes left. His own net, mate. Very unfortunate, um, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty unlucky because that's definitely like an instinctual sort of like he just throws his head in there, and it, it, that is the right thing to do. Like that's what you're supposed to do, but it just doesn't quite get enough on it and just deflects it mm. straight back into his own goal. So you got to feel for him a little bit. I mean, Jimenez did really well just to like when he receives the ball and then cutting across and getting the shot off. So I don't mind the goal going to him just because he did do really well to to make something happen. But Yeah, he did the hard part, but then his shot was just, quite, in all honesty, quite a poor shot and very fortunate to go in. But yeah, man, Leeds, Leeds controlled the game, really, having 70% possession. Um, they just couldn't get anything to go in, though. They only had two shots that were on target. The other seven were off target, not like them, like we said, with how much they normally score. Um, so, yeah, shocking, to be fair, mate, that they didn't get a goal against Wolves. Because based on how Wolves have been, um, obviously they've not been awful, but they've not been great either. I was expecting Leeds to run away with that. But, yeah, Wolves won, Leeds nil. Yeah, I mean, I was, like you said, I was expecting Leeds to win that one. Um, I think they'll feel a bit unlucky. They just... They created probably enough to win the game. They just couldn't quite put those chances away. And yeah, I mean, Wolves Wolves got a bit lucky as well. So, you know, Leeds just got to come back out. I'm sure Bielsa will, uh, will have some drills for them to run. <laughs> and they'll come back out ready for uh, next week when they play Aston Villa. Ooh, that, yeah, like we said, that's going to be a fun game. So. Yeah, can't wait to... Uh watch that one and then have a chat about it with you mate um but in the meantime then that's been this past weekend covered uh it's a very controversial offside calls um big red card shouts obviously in the liverpool everton game um mad 3-3 chelsea southampton even madder 3-3 with the tottenham west ham man united handing newcastle a 4-1 thrashing uh with a last five minutes absolute dominance Overall, pretty solid weekend of Premier League action. Um, Aston Villa getting another um, win there against Leicester, continuing their perfect run. Now the only team to have won every single one of their games. Um, yeah, good weekend overall, Zeke. What are your final thoughts on the weekend? Yeah, all in all, uh, enough entertaining things on, on all the days to to fill it up, so... You know, didn't go how I would hope for my club, but I was able to laugh at other teams. So that's all I can really, really ask for. Mm-hmm. Same with me, mate. Um, 
other than that then ladies and gentlemen that has been it I have been Fu and I've been Zeke thanks for listening guys thanks everybody <laughs>